Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. Let's say our declaration. Let's say it like we mean it. Are you ready? Here we go. I will constantly guard my heart and align it with God's holy word because everything I do flows from it. So are you ready to align your heart with God's word? All right, so here we go. If you would turn to Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to start there in just a few minutes and we're going to start a new series today, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through maybe 17. We might take 17 in as well. And uh, this series that I'm going to start with you today is called The Best Question Ever. And just a little hint, it's not, hey honey, where are we going to eat after church today? That's, that's a good question, but it's not the best question. Like, what is the best question ever that you can imagine that you would ever ask? Like, what's the best question ever? And this whole series is really going to focus around that. Now, how many of you guys have ever made any uh, stupid decisions before? Anybody? Anybody made any stupid mistakes, decisions, uh, things that you regretted doing? Man. I got some regrets in life. I, I, I have done things that I'm like, what was I thinking? I wasn't thinking. What was I doing in that moment? What, what possessed me to make that, that decision? And you can look back over those things, but there's nothing you can do about that. There's nothing you can do about the past. So if you've made a, a poor decision, if you've made a stupid decision, a stupid mistake, you followed through with it, listen, it's in the past. You actually might be still enduring some of the consequences because when we make decisions that are not uh, ones that we should have made, that were not good for us, sometimes they bring uh, consequences into our life and it's not that God's punishing you, but there are just mistakes that happen. There are consequences that come with those mistakes. And God set the world up with some laws. And those laws are natural laws that God uh, very seldomly, every now and then God might change uh, one of the laws. But, you know, it, it might be uh, a miraculous thing, like God calls the sun to stand still one time in Scripture. Well, that's only happened, to my knowledge, one time, and that, that, that was that one time in Scripture. But the law is that the, the, the sun is going to continue to uh, rotate, and planets are going to continue to rotate around the sun, and that's not going to stop. Tomorrow morning when we get up, the sun is going uh, to rise, just like whether there's clouds outside or not. The sun's still up there above the clouds. Uh, if I were to jump off this stage, I wouldn't float in air. I would, I would 
you know, drop to the ground. Why? Because there's a natural law there called gravity. And at least while I'm on earth, and even when I'm in space, uh, if I were, there, there's still gravity there. There are natural laws that are in effect. And so sometimes we, we get upset because of the consequences of our decisions that we made. And God didn't create those consequences. You just stepped outside of the laws of, or the boundaries of how he created us to live and made a decision that was not wise. And I've made some of those in my life. And so we've all made decisions that we would love to go back and change if we could. But you can't. So what can you do moving forward? Like in the moment, we can't go back. But in the moment, what could we do? And here's where you are. Everybody in this room has a tomorrow, hopefully. I hope I have one. But, you know, we're going to wake up tomorrow. Probably the next day and the next day. And we've got a life ahead of us. How are we going to live that life? And, you know, I want to help people live their best life. That's one of my, I, I shared my vision for my life this week. I have a vision for my life. And part of my calling is to help people be the best, the best version of you. And you can only do that truly within the, the, the spectrum or the light of what God intended you to be. Like, not what Oprah Winfrey says about you. Not what Dr. Phil says about you. Not what, uh, uh, I can't say her name, Iala, or you know who I'm talking about? Shay watches her sometimes. Ianla, or whatever her name is. She's a guru too. But all these people, they can have, they can have their, uh, their philosophies, and many of them may be very good. But you can only know who you are and what Christ, uh, what, what you, your true purpose and identity is, is when you find it in Christ. And so, how are you going to live your life, the rest of it, like starting today? Don't worry about what you did last week or uh, the week before or 10 years or even 15 years ago or, or longer. Think about what life is going to look like for you starting this day at 11.07 on Sunday morning, February the 2nd, I believe it's today, right? No? 7th, good Lord. The 7th. So, where are you going to go from here? How are you going to live your life from here? What kind of decisions are you going to make from here, because if I can be honest with you, and you know I am, the, the people that I typically see making lots of poor decisions, even in the church, are how close can I get? Like, that's the edge. You know, how close can I get? How far can I get? Before I start to go over the edge. You know what I'm saying? How, like, how close to sin can I live without it really affecting me? Without it really damaging me? Like, you know, how, how uh, far can I go? 
Is there a law against it? Show me in scripture where I can't do that. And so we want to live this life that's pushing the boundaries of what God has put in place for us. You know, well, it's not a bad decision, but it's, it's good. But here's the question, the, the best question ever for you to ask is, is it the wise thing to do? Is it the wise thing to do? Should you buy that car? Should you have lunch with that woman? Should you, should you sleep with that person? Should you move in with that woman? Should you do these different things? Like, you have to ask yourself, is it the wise thing to do? Because it may not actually be like wrong. It may not be uh, necessarily bad, but it might not be the wise thing for you to do. You know, somebody might want to buy a car, but you're actually trying to buy a house. And many times you don't realize when you buy a car, it actually hurts your chances of buying a house. I didn't know that. Now I know. <laughs> did, you, did you find that out too? I didn't know that. TJ uh, Maxx, you know, they're wanting you to sign up for their rewards card. Shay and I are trying to buy a house. You know, not this is years ago. Trying to buy a house. The little girl at TJ Maxx, all she's trying to do is, you know, get her commission on uh, how many people she signs up for that 10% discount. And she's like, oh, you can get $20 off of this today. If you sign up for the card, I signed up for the card. And guess what? Somebody in some office off in Chicago somewhere uh, called me and uh, Shay wanting to know, what are you doing? Why are you opening accounts? We're trying to get you a house. And I'm like, what? I don't know. Was it a bad thing? Was, was it the wise? I know now it's not the wise thing to do. If you're trying to buy a house, don't go open it. Don't, don't, it doesn't matter if you save 20%. You know what I'm saying? Is it the wise thing to do? And so when we are looking at our life, I'm telling you as a pastor, you probably know these things too, but as a pastor, I come in contact all the time with people and they're making decisions and they're, they're operating in, in their emotions. They're operating in their flesh, their soulish realm. And we're really supposed to be spirit-led people. Fruit of the, one of the gifts of the spirit is the gift of wisdom. And the Lord gives us wisdom. And there's so many times that I will come into contact with people and they are making decisions outside of the realm of wisdom. They're making decisions based upon what their body is feeling. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, I, I got a body. And I wasn't married at one time. You know what I'm saying? There were times where my body was telling me that, I, that, that you know, things were right. You know, they sing songs about, How could it be wrong, baby, when it feels so right? You know? I mean, they sing songs about this kind of stuff. And, and, and the thing is, is like, so you can make decisions with your body. You can make decisions with your emotions. 
But those decisions, is it the wise thing to do? Now, you ain't going to hear Andy Stanley or Jensen Franklin or Dr. Jeremiah, David Jeremiah say things like this, but I ain't any of those guys. I'm me, and you're going to hear me say this kind of stuff. But the reality is, man, I'm marrying this girl, and so I'm going to move in with her. I'm, I'm just going to, you know, because, I mean, like, it just makes sense to try it out. It just makes sense to try out the marriage thing, right? It makes sense to sleep together, right? I mean, doesn't it? Like, how are you going to know if you, if you work after marriage? What if you get married and then it don't work and, you know, together? And, like, should it, doesn't it make sense? Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy, but you know I'm telling the truth. This is how the world thinks. This is how culture thinks. And y'all can look at me like I'm crazy if you want to, but that thought has invaded the church. And we're, we, we don't even remember what the word sanctification means anymore in the church. You go, don't take my word for it. Today, you leave church and you go and Google the statistics of marriage that survive, that live together before marriage. Go, go look it up yourself. Most marriages where the couple lives together before they're married, they are married, most of those marriages fail. Now, if you uh, and your husband or wife live together, I'm not, I'm not uh, putting that on you. I'm not saying that that's you. As a matter of fact, you can say, I reject that in Jesus' name. You, you can do that. I'm just telling you, the world thinks one way and, and goes, this is a good idea. But is it the wise thing to do? Look at Scripture. Let's, let's go in Scripture and look at Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 15. It says, be careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as what? Wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Let's just stop there for a second. Paul is writing to Timothy. So Paul is the senior apostle. He planted a church in Ephesus. Timothy is the young pastor, that he, inexperienced pastor that he sent and put in this city. Ephesus is a vile, corrupt city. If we thought about it today, it would be sort of like we would think of Las Vegas. I don't know if anybody of y'all have ever been to Las Vegas, but I have. And I'm sure not all of Las Vegas is corrupt, but it's, a, it's just a corrupt place. They don't call it Sin City for nothing. I mean, that's its, that's its you know, a.k.a. Sin City. This is what Ephesus would look like. Now, it was also a religious city, but at their uh, churches there, there was, a, uh, there was a temple, and I believe the temple was uh, to, I can't remember if it was to Diana, but don't get caught, all caught up in that. Uh, but the temple was a, t a pagan temple, and at their worship services, they actually had sex rituals. So what... Ephesus is, uh, or Ephesians is written to, Paul is actually writing a letter to the church at Ephesus 
to the pastor Timothy, and he's saying, Timothy, the culture there says it's okay to engage in this kind of activity, even in worship. Don't do that. He's saying to Timothy, Timothy, the people within that city are okay with husbands and, and uh, daughter-in-laws having affairs and, and, and mothers and son-in-laws having affairs. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's all messed up. Timothy, don't live that way. That's why a little later in Ephesians chapter 5, it says, Husbands, love your wives. And wives, respect your husbands. Submit to their leadership. That he goes into that because what he's saying is he's saying, the culture will tell you to live one way. Ephesus is telling you to live one way. But Timothy, I'm telling you, don't live that way. This is the wise way to live. And so he says, be careful how you live. Look at it again. Ephesians chapter 15, uh, 5, verse 15. He says, be careful how you live. Be careful. Full of what? Care. That's what careful means. Be full of care how you live. You should Take into consideration how you live. You should take into consideration the person that you're going to marry. You should take into consideration the places that you go. You should take into consideration the kind of interaction that you have with people. When I'm out in public, I am careful how I live. I am. Do you think there are times that I haven't thought about giving somebody, you know, the, the one finger salute when they cut me off or, you know, they, uh, you know and, and they act like it was my fault and it's like, dude, you need to learn how to drive. But I don't do that. Why? Because I'm being careful how I live. It's very hard to make me upset. It is very hard for me to lose my cool. And I've trained myself over a period of time. When I have service in a restaurant, I don't treat that waitress like she's a dog and she doesn't deserve respect and that I'm not going to leave her a tip. I don't treat them like that because I do not want to be up here doing what I'm doing right now and one Sunday morning that waitress walks through that door and she remembers the jerk that treated her like she did left her a snotty note and no tip on the receipt. You, are you following me? Like, I'm careful how I live because my witness matters to me. And it might be, I might have a right to do that. But it's not the wise thing to do. I remember Shay and I had this conversation in a restaurant. And man, we were both just like, man, I'm just, I'm fixing to talk to her. And it's like, nope. No, we can't talk to her. We can't, we can't give her a piece of our mind. Even though we have a right, this was an expensive meal, and we are paying good money for it. And I'm livid right now. I'm, I mean, I'm livid. But I also am Holy Ghost filled. I possess the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, and self-control. Not 
Jesus, you better get a hold of me because I'm fixing to, mm, Jesus, hold me back, Jesus, hold me back. Hold yourself back. Hold yourself back. Because Jesus ain't walking around with you going, come on, come on, settle down, settle down, settle down, settle down. Jesus, that is, that is not Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit says, I've given you the power. The power's in you. Activate the power. It's the wise thing to do. You know, a lot of times, like, I, I, I know that I've posted stuff on Facebook that people get upset with and what have you. And, you know, and, and like, I, I don't go on Facebook to be a jerk. And there's a part where I can't control if you get upset or not. I'm not trying to, you know, incite anything. These are just my passions about certain things. But I'm telling you what, I post on Facebook probably about 2%. <laughs> of what I really probably would if I just, like, let it flow. Because I have to think, is this the wise thing to do? Is this the, it, yes, I have a right to say this, but I'm a public figure. And I don't mean, like, you know, I'm a public figure, I'm an influencer on Instagram, and I've got, you know, 80 kabillion followers. I don't mean that. But any of us in this room, we're really influencers. All of us are influencers. We all are influencing somebody else. Somebody is watching your life. Somebody's watching how you talk about the boss. Somebody's watching how you talk about that person at work that you don't like. Kids, somebody is watching. Other kids at school are watching how you treat that, that, that loser at school. I love it when I see somebody stick up for the underdog. I remember my son one time, we were at a, well, I actually wasn't there. My wife told me about it, at, at a swimming pool, and he had a little friend with him. He was skinny as a toothpick, and she was, she was the olive, you know. She was a little plump. And, uh, and at the pool, some friends started making on uh, his, his friend because of her weight. And... You know, here my little toothpick son goes around the swimming pool all the way over to the other side, and he marches right up to him, and he says, you have to apologize to her. I'm like, come on, toothpick boy. You know, go for it. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, is it, is, it, is it the wise thing to do? Is it the wise thing to shun people? Is it the wise thing? Because people are watching us. And he says, be careful. Be careful. Every day you wake up, you got to be careful. Every day you wake up. Because, why? Because the enemy, is he's got a plan. And his plan is just to throw stuff out there at you. Is it the wise thing to do? Is the question you ought to ask about pretty much every interaction that you have. And when you get this into your spirit, I'm telling you, I, I uh, years ago, I learned this because I taught a small group, and it was called The Best Question Ever. And when I, when I uh, read, uh, uh, when I led that, I, I discovered like, wow, I'm going to live my life that way. I'm going to live my life by asking, is it the wise thing to do? And so when I live by that, that means I'm proactive in how I approach life. I, I'm not reactive. I don't make it up as I go along. I've taught my kids how to live proactively. Like, you know, hey, 
The time for you to decide, young lady, if, if you're going to have sex before marriage is not when you are out on a date and the guy begins to make the advances. That's not the time to go, let me see, am I going to go all the way or am I going to save myself till I'm married? That's, n- that's not the time to be making that decision. You know when you need to make that decision? If you're in this room today, right now. Right now is the time that you need to make that decision because you know what your emotions are going to be telling you in that moment. Mm -hmm. It's time, baby. He loves you. Let's go. That's what your body and emotions are going. So you got to take control of yourself. You got to say, is this the wise thing to do? There are times in my marriage that I've made my mind up and I've said it in terms that I can't say in front of y'all. But I've said it to my wife. It doesn't matter how a woman presents herself to me. Baby, I will never cheat on you. Not in my mind and not in my body. I will not cheat on you. Why? Because I've made my mind up. I've made my mind up. It might seem good at the moment. Well, Shay, you know, uh, you know, she's always on your case. This woman's giving you all kind of attention, you know. Shay's, not, you know, I mean, she doesn't. But the, the enemy can make you think all these things. It could be, happen when you're at a low time in your marriage and, like, you could be getting all of this affection and all of this admiration and all of this affirmation. And it'll be like, man, she can give me something that Shay ain't giving me at home. And one decision can ruin a legacy. You know what? I've made my mind up. I've made my mind up. I've declared that my children will never know uh, indiscretion like that in my family. They, they will never know that. That, that is a rare thing, and I don't say this for anybody. If you've experienced that and that's even been a part of your personal life, I don't say that with any condemnation. If you've brought that to the cross, that's under the blood and that's in the past. You hear me? That's under the blood. That's not a part of, 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 of your life anymore. It's what you do going forward. You know, I've been at the, at the point of bankruptcy at least once in my life. Guess what? I looked at my wife and I said, that will never happen to us ever again. Why, how did we get there? Because we made unwise decisions. We made poor decisions. Some of them weren't, uh, like, we didn't do them recklessly. Some of them we actually did thinking we were doing the right thing. But let's look at this real quick. How do I get wisdom? God's wisdom is our foundation. God's wisdom, not the world's wisdom. God's wisdom, like I told you, not Oprah, not Ianla, not Dr. Phil, none of those people, not the horoscope, none of that. God's wisdom is our foundation. Proverbs 9 and 10 says, fear of the Lord. In other words, the reverence of the Lord, the honoring of God and his principles of living. Fear of the Lord is the foundation, the beginning of wisdom. Like when you have a foundation in God, when you have a foundation in moral principles, and listen, you cannot have morality outside of God because God is morality. God is the foundation of all moral law, the end. 
So you can't have it outside of that. So God's wisdom is our foundation. But look at this. Look at it as opposed to Proverbs 14 and 12. It says that there is a way, which is human wisdom, that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Man, it seemed like that was a good decision at the moment. It seemed like that was just a harmless couple of lunch dates with a co-worker of the opposite sex. And this day it can be of the same sex. It seemed like it was harmless until it wasn't. Until there were no boundaries. Until there were no guidelines. And in the end it leads to death. Death of what? Death of your marriage death of your finances, you know. It seemed like a good decision to buy this house. But was it? Was it the wise thing to do? It seemed like a good decision to move to this place. But was it? Was it the wise thing to do? It seemed like a good decision to you fill in the blank for your life. But was it? Because the scripture says there is a way that seems right to a man. But in the end, it leads to destruction. And again, we live that life of how close can I live to destruction without actually, without actually being destroyed? That's not the question we should be asking. Look at this. We seek godly wisdom. So not only when we're, when we're trying to get wisdom, do we, uh, do we get it through God's word, but we seek godly wisdom. Proverbs 12 and 15 says that fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. There are many other scriptures that, that talk about how there is wisdom in the counsel of many. And, you know, this is what happens, though. A lot of times people who are not um, thinking with wisdom, they're thinking with a soulish, selfish carnal-led uh, motive, they're like, I, I think I'm going to ask Tim if he, will, uh, if, if he agrees with me or if he'll give me some wisdom on this. And, uh, you know, if Tim has had three or four failed financial adventures uh, and he's, he's on his fifth one, you know, and I'm going to partner with that, what I'm really doing is I'm just looking for somebody to validate my poor decision. Misery loves company, you know. Like, listen, when, if you are truly seeking wisdom, you will go to someone or someones who will tell you the truth and not what you want to hear. And the truth may be what you want to hear, but even if it is or isn't, it's not the question. It's, can I come to you and can you give me an unbiased opinion? Can you just tell me the truth? Can you give me some real godly counsel and not what I want to hear? And I'm telling you, I see people all the time where they will seek out counsel, but it's nothing but a group of yes men or women. It's nothing but a group of yes men. Girl, I think you should. Uh-huh, you see the way he look at you? Man, I think you need to go ahead and buy it. Man, you just got a raise. But they didn't ask you how much debt you already had. You know? So there's things that it's like, you know, 
when you look at asking somebody for wisdom, you need to be looking for people who not, will, will not tell you what you want to hear. And you really have to be at a place of wanting to hear the truth. Because you have to go into it and go, regardless of what they tell me, I've made my mind up. You ever been in that position? I have. I have been in a position where it's like, I know I probably need to ask somebody, but I really have already made my mind up. I am going to do this. Now, I probably wouldn't have said that to the people at the time. I wasn't, I, I wasn't at that place that I am now. But I'm like, you know, I'm just, I'm tossing this out, you know. And I would have people sometimes to tell me things I didn't want to hear. And I would get mad and I would go away. And I, make this, I would make the decision, that I, I would follow through the decision anyway. And then it would not pan out like I had an, intended it to pan out. And now I'm mad. I'm mad at everybody. Like, you should have known better. You, you, know, you knew that I was doing that. It's your fault. And so you blame everybody. I blame people. It's like, seek godly counsel. Look at this. Then ask God for wisdom. James 15, 1.15 says this. Or James 1.5 says this. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he'll give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Like, if you don't have wisdom... Go to the Lord and ask the Lord. And I'm telling you, if you truly have, have a heart that it's like, God, I want to know the truth. I've gone to the Lord about myself. And I'm like, I can't think of anything I need to improve. I'm being serious with y'all. God, I don't know of anything I need to improve in my life. Like, I'm sure I can grow somewhere, but I think I'm doing a pretty good job in every area. Nothing's coming to mind. Lord, would you show me if there's anything I'm missing? Boom. It's not like God wasted any time. I'm like, how inconsiderate of him. Like, he, I mean, I, if I were God, I would have been like, I don't want to hurt your feelings, and I'm going to try to break this to you easy. And I'm going to tell you all the good things that you're doing first before I bring this up. That ain't how God talks to me. He might talk to you like that, but he doesn't talk to me like that. And I just come with a sincere heart, and I'm like, God, show me if I'm missing something. And he's like, did you miss this area? You overlooked this one? And I'm like, wow, that was quick. And I'm like, I truly was blind to it. When you ask God for something and you have a sincere heart for learning and growth and transparency, God will speak to you fast. He will speak to you for clarity. Why? Because God wants you and me living the best version of ourselves. He wants you to get back to the closest part of your identity, the one that he created you for, as quickly as possible. And so, let me kind of wrap this up for you. So, say this with me, and then we're going to wrap it up. The best question ever is, is it the wise thing to do? So, you're going to incorporate that into all the transactions of your life. When somebody at the counter ticks you off, is it the wise thing to do to give them a piece of my mind? When somebody cuts you off in traffic, is it the wise thing to do to respond? When somebody starts showing you a little affection 
outside of your marriage, is it the wise thing to do to have a meeting with that person or to continue phone conversations with that person? Or You see what I'm saying? Like, if I have X amount of debt and... But this is such a good deal. I am not going to find a car like this, this cheap. Is it the wise thing? Don't focus on, is it a good, is it the wise thing to do? Is it the wise thing to do? And this is how you can activate this message. Like you can take this and actually apply it to your life in these ways. Number one, if you're facing a decision or a choice in your life, pause for a second. Just stop. Because I'm telling you what, uh, listen, this deal is only going to be good through the end of the day. This good is only going to be on the table for a couple of more hours. This is our, fat, uh, our last and final offer. Pause. Pause. Listen, here's God. God is not the God that is going to... Uh, if you're using wisdom that God's going to let you come out on the raw end of the deal, so to speak. If you miss that deal, you'll get another one. And you'll probably get two. Or more. He's the God of enough. He's the God of provision. Pause. Just consider it. There's a lot of pressure on us to make decisions. There's a lot of pressure from culture for us to conform to certain things. Just pause and consider, is it wise considering these three things? One, is it wise considering my past decisions? Is it the wise thing to do considering my past history? If you have a spending problem, is it a wise thing to do while I hadn't got this under control? And you're a hoarder. Is it the wise thing to do that you haven't, you know? Is it the wise thing to do if I've made these mistakes in the past and this one looks like how those started out? Is it the wise thing to do considering my past? Is it the wise thing to do considering my current situation? Listen, when Shay and I moved to Atlanta, she was a school teacher. We needed more money. But it ended up in our current situation for her to work was barely going to cover the daycare for our children. And by the time she gets home from school and gets kids and now their time to go to bed, the, the, the time slot in that day that she would have had with our kids would have been like maybe one, one and a half hours that day. And so we looked at our life and our situation and we're like, you know, it's a good thing for her to go to school because she is a, a, a teacher by trade. It's a good thing because it would be making money for our household and it would be giving her a feeling of value and worth outside of our home. But was it the wise thing to do? Weigh the balance of our kids are only going to see their mom maybe an hour and a half a day. 
And at the end of you, babe, working all week long, all month long, we're going to have just a few hundred dollars left that I mean, that's really not, like, it's not worth that sacrifice. My children are not worth that sacrifice. So for years, while we were in Atlanta, she didn't work as a, she never worked as a teacher in Atlanta, did you? I don't think you ever worked as a teacher in Atlanta. Because our children's uh, education, our children's uh, formation was so important to us. And so, in light of our current situation, we made the wise decision not maybe the popular decision. We made the wise decision, maybe not the one that she wanted. You know, she, I know there were times that she suffered from depression during that time, and she, she probably didn't feel as valued as she would have, but it still was the wise thing to do in our current situation. And then this last one is, is it the wise decision in light of your future hopes and dreams. Like, what do you want? What do you want out of your marriage? Like, you're not married. What do you want out of your marriage? What if you're not married to that cat? That, that dude is not in the picture in 10 years. But what you, I'm telling you, what you do with him now is going to affect your marriage in the future. What, what do you want your marriage to look like? What do you want your business to look like? What do you want, you know, your, uh, your job, your influence? What do you want it to look like? If you're trying to build influence, but you're, you're so over here caught up in this cultural context... But over here in your future, you're going to need the, the, the influence and you're going to ha- need character and you're going to need uh, all of these, uh, this, this uh, trust with people in the future. But over here, you're wasting it because of the way you're living. Is it the wise thing to do? I can't tell you how many young ministers, you know, a lot of my analogies may center around ministry. I can't tell you how many young ministers that I come into contact with. And it's like they are making decisions that are not good for their future. One day when you stand on a place like this in front of people like you, there's going to be a certain amount of integrity and trust and character that is going to have to be in place for people to follow you. And right now, your life does not look like it's building for the future. Oh, it's fun, and right now you don't have a church, and right now you don't have a a, a crowd of people that you're pouring into and pastoring, but one day you will. And... They're going to look back and they're going to say, well, has that person built integrity? Have have they built a culture of trust? Am I safe with that? So when you make decisions, consider what does it affect in your future? Is it the wise thing to do in light of your future hopes and dreams? So I want us to close out today. And this has been a time where You know, I'm really just trying to bring to you a foundation of wisdom. Because, guys, if you read 
Ephesians, where Paul is talking to Timothy, if you really go read that book, it doesn't sound a lot different than the time we're living in now. We are living in crazy times. We are living in sinful times. We are living in a time where people don't even know what sex they are. You know what I'm saying? We are living in a time where there are no lines. Everything is blurred. I can go into a women's bathroom and tell them, uh, you know, I'm trying to figure it out. I mean, you know, everything in our culture is just blurred. And that's how it was in Ephesus. And Paul is saying, hey, culture might be telling you all of this is okay, but is it the wise thing to do? And wisdom only comes from the Word. True wisdom only comes from the Word.